Yo, Mick, it's usually uh, taping time right now. Where's Coco? I don't know. I'm not. Have you checked your Instagram? Hi, guys. So I'm in Mexico right now with 10 boards to try and really good swell on the way. Sorry to bail, but I'm sure you guys will do fine. Don't screw it up. Oh, she's in Mexico. She definitely ditched us. We're over it. Let's just do this thing. Welcome to Getting Heated, the place to debate and discuss all things surf related. On deck for today, Courtney Conlog and Morgan Siblick defeated the tour leaders. Which of them will ride the momentum furthest in the competition? And the secret is out on the event wildcard for the Rip Curl Narrabeen Classic. Could this three-time world champ win it all? Plus, who has the edge on the rivalry that's heating up between Julian Wilson and Jack Robinson? Finally, what led to the shocking upsets and early exits of both tour leaders? Now, to Mick Fanning and Ross Williams. Well, I'm in disbelief. Coco actually ditched us. She's in Mexico, Mick, but uh, I don't know about you, but I think we can do this without her. We've got this, mate. We're good. <laughs> uh, Mick, what happened there? What do you got there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually hit the bottom at, at Kira. I um, fell out of the roof on one and uh, there was no sand at the bottom and just landed face first straight into the sand. So um, I'm fight ready, mate. Let's go. <laughs> Looks good on you. Heat one. For the two surfers that took out the tour leaders, who will go further in the competition? Courtney Conlon or Morgan Sibley? So Mick, I'm going to take Courtney here. I, I am cheating a little bit, uh, being that Courtney's already in the quarterfinals. Uh, you know, Morgan's got a little bit of work to go to get there, but Courtney's, she's up against Keely Andrew, which, you know, Keely's been ripping, so I, I'm not going to say that Keely's a pushover, but Courtney is a bit of a pit bull. You know that, you know, she's just, demands respect in the water. I could see that being a really good matchup with her, uh, you know, kind of flexing in the water and, and really capitalizing on um, priority, you know, making all those veteran moves. So um, I would not be surprised for um, Courtney to sort of just sail right through to the semis. Well, let's just take it on heat wins. Hey? So uh, if Morgan wins two or three extra heats, then he can take that one but I'm going to go with Morgan I think the performance that he put on against John John was incredible did John do anything bad no uh, Morgan just just put it all together uh, even better he's come in and, and it's like was he even going to surf he fractured his toe and and people were like umming and ahhing is he even going to take the water and he came out and he was like he should be kicking his toe every other day because he surfed absolutely <laughs> incredible i don't know i i felt like the fire that morgan had the confidence he's going to get from beating arguably the best surfer in the world today uh his level of confidence is going to go through the roof and uh i think he's going to sail on a few more rounds for sure if not final well it is pretty hard to disagree with you there um you know everyone's instantly a fan of morgan after him just sort of destroying john john that being said if we're looking at you know the question that's posed to us mick who's going to go deeper in, in, in the event i dare say that morgan probably feels like he kind of won the event right there you know so he has to be careful to you know not celebrate too much at least mentally and you know because that was a huge victory to take out john john I and mean, he's on the, the freaking radio right now in australia you know he's basically has a trophy over his head so He's going to have to regroup. I'm not saying he can't, but that's his challenge. 
Whereas I think Courtney, um, you know, she's she's had a rough couple of years for her. Um, so she has everything to gain here. She really, um, I think she's gonna have a huge fire in her belly. And, um, uh, you know, I think she needs this win. Yeah, look, just hope Morgan's mates don't catch him tonight, eh? <laughs> and, and take him straight to the pub. Um, but look, there's some there's some uh, prevailing heads down there at Newcastle, and I think people like Mr will have a chat to him. Um, you know, guys like Hoyo, Luke Egan, they'll they'll just see him in passing, and they'll give him some uh, great insight. So uh, hopefully that leveling him out. His mates can wait till after the contest, and then yeah, then they can celebrate with him then. When we return, we're diving into the massive event wildcard announcement for Narrabeen. And Jack Robinson versus Julian Wilson. A new rivalry is heating up in Australia. One of my favourite surfers to watch, so he's got to get out of the way, though. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Tell me this is true. Unfortunately, it is. <laughs> For me. <laughs> I don't know. I can see a lot of top seeds right now. They're not very happy with Rip Curl giving you this wild card. Oh, mate. It's, uh, it's been a different debate uh, in my own head, I, I tell you. One day I'm on, one day I'm off. But um, look, I'm all in now. So uh, I just hope I don't embarrass myself. <laughs> Heat two, as the event wildcard, who or what will be Mick Fanning's biggest hurdle at the Rip Curl Narrabeen Classic? All right, Mick, I'm just gonna start us off here. You don't have to be gentle, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm more interested in what you have to say than, than my opinion, but who or what is uh, you know gonna be the most challenging thing for you? If I had to take a guess, I would say it's more of you changing roles. You know, you've been on tour for the majority of your life and you, you're you're the world champion. You're the guy that has to destroy wild cards. All of a sudden this is reversed. So I would have to guess, and you, you by all means you prove me wrong, um, that you're gonna have to really put on that wild card hat and sort of change gears from being like a tour guy to all of a sudden a, a title spoiler. And uh, I mean, I would imagine that might be kind of a challenge just to have that same competitiveness, that same sort of fire in your belly where you're there to absolutely smash people and, and make sure you don't feel sort of guilty, like, you know, throwing a wrench into the system with the guys that are going for the world title. Or am I totally off here? Um, look, I, I don't think I'll feel bad. 
the amount of wild cards that ruined my dreams over the years, um, they didn't feel bad. For me, the biggest hurdle is actually getting ready to actually compete at a level that I think is right there to, to try and take people out. That's the thing I've been working on. And also too, it's like, I'm sort of sitting there going, I'm not that great in beach breaks and lefts. Like, and there's so many things going through my brain. So like, obviously the guys are surfing absolutely incredible. But for me personally, I've just been concentrating on me and just trying to get my confidence up and my surfing to a level where I think is actually competitive against these guys. Because to be really honest, over the last two years, I don't think I have been at that level. Okay, so Mick, let me let me be the devil's advocate here. When I think of Mick Fanning, I think of Bells, I think of Jay Bay. I mean, these are your strengths where you just have that classic Mick Fanning carve and you put everyone on notice. Now we're going to be surfing somewhere where Gabriel or Italo are going to be the guy popping huge airs on their forehand. And, and this is kind of the way that they're just ready for. And obviously they're going to have an advantage over someone like yourself doing big airs and stuff like that. How do you prepare for that? Do you have any ace up your sleeve? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned J-Bay and Bells. Last year before COVID hit, Ripco actually had the wild card for Bells and I was trying to get myself ready after my knee to go to J-Bay. And then this year I was like, oh, it's been 20 years since I first won Bells. It'd be cool to go down to Bells and that didn't happen either. And I was like, oh, well, that's out the window. And then I started thinking, well, if I don't do it now, it may never happen. So I don't know if I'll ever do a wild card after this to see how this event goes. But when it comes to those airs, I sort of go back to how it was even towards the end of my career. If I can do big turns in big sections, then hopefully that's enough to get past these airs. But look, I'm honest with myself. These guys are doing crazy airs. So if I see them do one of those, I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> but look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the challenge. It's been a really fun process to, you know, get myself back. I've been working a little bit with my old coach, Phil, um, helping Ethan out here and there as well. So at the end of the day, even win, lose or draw, it's been a fun challenge for me. And that's what I'm excited about is the challenge. Well, let me just say, I guarantee you that John, John, Gabriel, Italo, all those guys are looking at this press release and going, frick. This is not cool. Mick knows how to throw a couple eights uh, at us with ease. So I think it's going to be cool. You're going to put everyone in check. I hope you're right, Ross, but <laughs> I'll be bail, mate. Heat 3. The Jack Robinson and Julian Wilson rivalry is brewing. Who will come out on top at the end of the Australian leg? Yeah, look, I, I think this is a, a rivalry that has sort of just happened naturally. It's not because uh, these guys dislike each other. It's just the way the draws happened. And, you know, starting at the Tweed Coast Pro and then into Pipe. And then they've already had two heats at Newcastle. Like, it's just, they've just butted heads due to the lack of the draw. Personally, I think Julian's kicked right back in the gear. As we've spoken in the past, that being his bonnet, it's the best thing for Julian. When he's got, you know, a bit of a chip on his shoulder, he's deadly. So um, I'm loving the new revamped Julian. I'm loving that he's really sticking it to people. And even just the, you know, the, the gamesmanship of that interference. He didn't really need to go that way, but he positioned himself and Jack just made a total rookie mistake. As Julian said in the post-heat interview, he's like, he's got to learn to get out of the way. He's got to get out of the way though, but I've got priority and there's one minute left. That's exactly the truth. You know, that's the Julian I know. And yeah, I think he's going to come out on top if they do surf against each other for the rest of the Aussie leg. 
Yeah. Okay. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm in some stormy waters here because obviously, you know, Julian just handed Jack a pretty uh, gnarly loss there. So, but I am going to back Jack. I'm, I've kind of been backing Jack this whole year so far. So I'm going to jump right on his team. Maybe he could get the edge over Julian at the end of these four events. As soon as we get to WA, that's where I feel like Jack is going to have a real big advantage. Even though Jules competes pretty damn good there too, you know, Jack is hungry. He's got youth on his side. I'm guessing he's going to get a couple months the results over there in WA. Yeah, hometown advantage is definitely uh, something that really plays into it. That's why I see Julian really firing up here at Newcastle. He's relocated to Newcastle and I think that crowd that support is, is a huge thing. Jack at home in Margaret's going to be good. Look, it's going to be a great battle either way. Even though they might not say that it's started rival, when you run into the same guy over and over again, there's something there that just pisses you off. Win or lose, it's just like, not this guy again. If you're the guy winning, it's like, well, I'm gonna show him why I keep winning. Or if you're the guy losing, it's like, I am gonna destroy this person. So at the end of the day, either guy, I think it's great for both of them and it's really firing them up. Yeah, that's a good call, Nick. Sometimes you don't have a choice. You know, It's almost like destiny who you're gonna be pitted against. And this seems like this is starting to boil down that way. And it's funny because it always seems to sort of happen to Julian. We talk about Gabriel a lot when we talk about rivalries because he has that really fun, prickly edge to him where he's just gonna be, you know, the bad guy. And Jules has had a great rivalry in the past with uh, Gabriel and, and even Parco, they had, a, you know, kind of that fiery heat at lowers all those years ago. So Julian is set up to be like the older uncle that's supposed to put the kid in check. But where, where I'm thinking he might run into some trouble is Jack sort of has a chip on his shoulder too. And and he's got a lot of uh, firepower. And so I'm expecting him to get the WA and just switch gears and and uh, and kind of prove himself to, you know, to his statesman there. Well, let's see what happens. When we return, what led to the shocking upsets and early exits of tour leaders Tyler Wright and John John Florence? We're going deep into it next. All right, well, Nick, we're, we are getting pretty deep into the show, so it is about that time. And uh, I hate to talk about it because my boy lost, but we got to talk about the yellow jerseys. Those some big upsets today. Yeah, huge upsets. I can't remember a time when both yellow jerseys fell in the third round. So uh, let's get into it. What were the biggest factors in John John Florence's loss to Morgan Siblick and Tyler Wright's loss to Courtney Conlock? The biggest factors that went into the yellow jerseys losing, look, to, to break it right down, uh, there wasn't much in it. Morgan surfed out of his skin to beat John. Um, maybe the one thing John just felt like he needed to do more to get that that score on top of Morgan before he got that nine. The tactics that Tyler played with Courtney were almost genius, almost. Uh, you know, getting a couple of waves on the shore and and putting on you know two couple a five and a four on the board before Courtney even had a wave. That was almost perfect because she was almost out the back before Courtney even got a score. I just think it's sheer dumb luck in the, in, the, in the end of it. The biggest thing for me looking at these results is how will they bounce back? How will they regroup going into the next event? Yeah, 100%. I, and, you know, um, I think both Tyler and John are great at that. And, and that's why they've won world titles because they know how to um, digest th these losses. And, 
In a weird way, sometimes these losses are good because it makes you focus on where you may have made a mistake. You know, if you, if you keep winning heats, um, you know, you tend to think everything's rosy and you don't look at maybe some, somewhere where you could uh, gain an edge on your next heat. Um, so John, 100%, you know, it, uh, you never want to lose. Um, and for sure, he was probably a little bit stunned by, you know, Morgan because, you know, uh, Morgan came seemingly out of nowhere. Um, but, uh, you know, he's definitely going to do his homework and, and make sure he cleans it up for Narabine. And I think Tyler's the same way. I mean, both Tyler and John are like kind of the top of the game for that. They just uh, um, real professionals that way. Yeah, Mick, I wanted to get your take on Tyler because, you know, she she's had a lot on her plate, you know, in the last couple of years. and. And she seems like she's um, trying to win for more than just herself. You know, she's she's got so much that means a lot to her, and and it kind of has been bleeding into her pre and post heat routines. Do you see anything there? Look, I guess the one thing that I I see in, in all her interviews is she wants to do things different. Um, she wants to do things the way that she wants to do them, and you know, I guess everyone falls into the into the routine of, oh, you've got to have the headphones on, you've got to be jumping around and, and this and that, um, where that's not necessarily the case. You know, Parker's the perfect person for that. He would be holding his kid one minute, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got to go kiss his, kiss his kid, kiss his wife, put on a jersey and run out with no preheat routine. And so, look, I, I don't really want to read into that. I think if there's anything there, I'm sure Tyler and Micah will jump onto it, but I don't really see much there. It's She wants to do something different. She's been away from competition for a, a few years now. So obviously she's going to be a different person. So I think it's just new new things for a new person that who she wants to be. Do you think, um, you know, having such a long layoff, having the yellow jersey, do you think there was a little bit of complacency that came in? You know, oh, I'm doing really good. Everyone's on my train. Um, you know, we're, we're sailing into the Aussie leg in the in the yellow jersey. Do you reckon there was a little bit of complacency or was it, you know, they didn't narrow down as much as they possibly had? Or it's just, as I said before, just sheer dumb luck and uh, they just, you know, the waves didn't come to them. They both surfed amazing. Um, you know, was it a luck factor thing? That's an interesting question. You know, with Tyler, I feel like she always has a good game plan. You know, her and uh, Micro always sort of uh, make sure they optimize the conditions and come up with some sort of, you know, a plan. And I feel like, uh, you know, just sometimes they don't go your way. And that's why you have to be nimble in the water and be, be ready to pivot to a different plan. <laughs> and um, that's sort of how it happened for John, too. You know, I think John started off with that year eight point ride. And out the back, you know, uh, just every step of the way, Morgan had a better wave. And and to Morgan's credit, he surfed damn good too. I was just really stoked on his surfing. He he had his board on rail. He was really slick, throwing lots of spray. So um, as, as you mentioned, there's 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 always luck, right? And uh, Morgan had like the dream heat. But um, as far as the yellow jersey, I don't think John could have could have cared less. Uh, you know, he he's really good at just staying right here, um, and he definitely wasn't uh, underestimating Morgan. Uh, you know, he was just trying to you know play the game, uh, and unfortunately, that I think the one the biggest mistake that you pointed out, Mick, was that he he overtried a little bit with some errors and some really tight little waves, 
where he you know could have stuck to power and maybe crawled his way back in the heat that way. Um, and, and he made a few uh, sort of um, you know hasty decisions with priority. He maybe could have pulled the e-brake a little bit and waited for a better wave. But hindsight's twenty twenty. You know that was kind of a uh, Morgan was just in sync. Is that something that you look at though, Ross? Like because he hasn't competed for so long, you know, he obviously got the end of 2019, got into pipe, but he had that knee. Uh, and then you had the whole year off and then just the pipe event. Just the little bit of what they call in fighting, ring rust. Do you reckon a little bit of that might have crept in or was it just, you know, trying to just just got overamped? Um, you know, do you, do you believe in ring rust or is that something that people and commentators just make up? I think there's a bit of that, right? You know, the, the, the guys in the booth have to keep it interesting. So um, there's the cliches out there. But for for um, for John, I don't think so. You know, as far as like our relationship and, and th- something that I try to do with someone like John, because he's such a crazy talent, it's to keep him from overamping, as you mentioned. And I think there was a little bit of that in that heat. You know, he and, and to be honest, you can't blame him because he kind of wins more than he loses doing that because he's so talented and he always, you know, he ends up landing these huge errors and kind of pulls himself out of jail that way. But Morgan just had a dream heat and John wasn't able to sort of solve that puzzle. And, and you know, these little waves at that, at that bowl on the rocks were pretty tight. So that's where I think John maybe made that mistake, you know, where he, you have to surf according to the waves. You can't force it too much, even as talented as John is, you know, um, you you got to surf to the waves. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, let's just put it down to dumb luck. <laughs> um, it just waves didn't come their way. They they both surfed incredibly well throughout the event. Uh, I think they're just going to go into that next event, sharpen up the tools even a little bit more. And, you know, like we are talking before, there's going to be more chips on shoulders coming into Narrabeen. Definitely. Well, Ross... That's the end of today, mate. Uh, I don't think we screwed up too bad. So, uh, I don't know. Should we just get out of here and uh, hopefully Coco comes back and sorts us out? You know what, Mick? I'm kind of proud of us. I thought we did okay without Coco. <laughs> but that being said, I do apologize to the audience because we got a couple of rough heads right here. We need Coco back. Right. This mascara is not helping either. So, uh, yeah, come back, Coco. <laughs> Make us look pretty again. <laughs> <laughs>